You are tuned into the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, your RX for success in nutrition, mindset, and health to dispense the best version of you. The Fit Pharmacist is a movement in the profession of pharmacy. Here is your host for the show, Dr. Adam Martin. Is social media a HIPAA violation or is it a way to leverage the skills, assets, and knowledge that make you unique as an individual and as your personal brand. Guys, this is a question that we've been facing. We see it a lot in the media, on Facebook, Instagram. Rising stars like Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, the list goes on. Build your own brand. Be that person to share your gifts with the world. However, when it comes to healthcare, a lot of people have apprehension, fear that it will actually hurt them and hinder their professional development. I want to address this head-on with a very good friend and fellow fit pharmacist, Kevin Hainis, also known as Hey Nasty on Instagram. This guy is killing the social media game, so I thought what better person to pick his brain and share his tips than the man himself, Kevin Hainis. Now, a little bit about this guy. I actually met him through social media, coincidence. Um, He is one of the featured fit pharmacists that I host every Friday on my Instagram account at The Fit Pharmacist um, because he had a tremendous story. He recently graduated Rutgers Pharmacy. He is a co-founder of the Rutgers Powerlifting Team where he competed twice on the world stage representing the U.S. I believe one of those was in South Africa. He is a YouTuber and founder of the Healthy Flex Prescription which is a three-step, 12-week program that helps busy professionals transform their bodies by making fitness fit their lifestyle, not make their lifestyle fit fitness. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. So, dude, we all want to know, how do you get so big? So, real quick, give us some stats. Tell us where people can find you on, you have tons of social media presence, Um, But the two that people are most interested, I think, is Instagram and YouTube. So tell us your channels and roughly how many followers you have on each. Definitely, definitely. Um, First off, uh, thank you for saying um, I have a decent-sized following so far. I've just been at it a long time. Um, With Instagram, I've been focusing on providing value to my followers, um, helping show them the path to like kind of where I am. I've been doing that like five years and I'm at um, just a little under 40,000 followers right now. Wow. Um, YouTube, I think I've been at three or four years and I just broke 5,000 followers the other, I think like a week ago. So things are moving nicely in uh, both of those. Wow. Hashtag goals go. (laughs) Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. So with that being said, um, you just recently graduated, so it, it's not like you graduated and this started. This is something that you've been developing throughout your time in pharmacy school, correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, throughout pharmacy school, um, the six years, I've just always had a passion for fitness. Um, actually, coming out of high school, I thought that I was going to be this D1 javelin thrower. Uh, I thought it was good enough to throw in D1 stage, um, but like I never really got in contact with the Rutgers coach, which is actually like a blessing in disguise, which um, really forced me to focus like 100% on fitness, um, like lifting wise. So in high school, I just lifted for sport uh, to help my sports, uh, football, basketball, and track. But uh, once I got to college, I kind of lost the actual sport side of it. And I really focused on lifting in general. Uh, I had a few people say, 
uh, hey man, do you compete or anything like that? And I never knew that you could compete with like physique sport. Um, so that's what I really got into and um, did my first show, looked terrible. And that really made me focus on the science um, back, uh, science backing of everything. So that's where I got to my knowledge base now. And that's how I try to provide people with value. I totally resonate with that, man. I did my first, I guess you could call it uh, like a cut um, for a photo shoot, actually, when I was in pharmacy school. And I did, you know, the typical bro science type stuff. Um, you know, not at, no, you're not allowed to eat ice cream, which I know is, uh, pun intended, a heinous crime in your dictionary. <laughs> um, if you guys follow him, you know he's the ice cream man, um, dishing out awesome flavors. Uh, we both coordinate with Enlightened Ice Cream, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I totally, I totally get that, man. I went through that and did not look like what I thought I'd get into, and that turned me towards nutrition. And once I started implementing that with flexible dieting, because I, I know that's what you're into as well, um, just taking away that restriction and social isolation really allowed my physique to transform. But more importantly, my psyche, like my mindset, my, my mental health, I was able to get even better results physically, stay mentally intact or even stronger. And the, the results kept coming. And I was like, holy crap, like people need to know about this. So yeah, a thousand percent. Like, uh, I used to be, <laughs> I used to say in my mantra in high school was, uh, carbs are the enemy, sugar is the devil. Mm. <laughs> so I really didn't know anything about thermo, thermo, uh, dynamics at that point. Like everything pretty much all carbs become glucose eventually in the body. Um, so it's, that wasn't like a good mindset to keep. And also I always had to say no to pizza and no to foods that I, I enjoyed. And I guess that may have caused a binging, uh, like, um, kind of cycle when I would go out to the buffets with my family, it would just be off the rails. Or if we had pizza day, I really wouldn't be able to fit that in. Um, and especially once I did my shows and everything, again, I was just avoiding carbs like the plague. I tried to water deplete the day of. Mm -hmm. um, once you start learning more, that's when you really, as you said, you start seeing those, those results, but also you're able to fit in, um, like the foods you enjoy and be around other people, social, social events don't make you so anxious. Pizza parties don't make you anxious. You can like mm. already put in two slices of pizza and still hit your protein, your micronutrient goals and still be on track. So that's why like flexible dining was like a real, uh, like a save savior for me. Exactly. Getting away from that scarcity mindset. Um, which can lead into psychological mind traps like the what the hell effect or black and white thinking where, you know, it's all clean or it's all garbage. And if you have one slice, like screw it, like you failed and, and tons of things that really can damage us mentally um, that, you know, translate into what we eat, how we feel, how we act. So it's, it's a vicious cycle uh, that I, I definitely resonate through experience. And that's why I agree with you. Flexible dieting is such an amazing tool and not just for people looking to compete um, either through bodybuilding or powerlifting, but just to be healthy and have your ideal physique, whatever that means to you as an individual. Um, yeah. Being in control of not only what you eat, your body, but also the mindset, which is a huge component that we focus on at the Fit Pharmacist. And I know you do as well, um, which is another reason we're such close bros on, on the wet interwebs. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, like, onto that, um, especially, like, as you said, like, it's not just competitors that need, like, focus on tracking their macros or tracking on their caloric balance. It's, like, um, people just, like, out in the world, even if you're not into fitness, it's having a good, uh, having the ability to quantify how many calories you're taking in, what your energy balance is. It's just always good knowledge to have. 
So you're like, oh, I gained 10 pounds the past few months. I know what to do. Just cut down my or manage my caloric intake for the day. It's just good to have that mindset to as to where you're not eliminating foods, good foods, bad foods. It's kind of like that 80-20 principle that I've mentioned in the past. Yes. Um, we get 80% of results from 20% of our decisions. It's not the brown rice versus white rice that's going to be giving us the the big results in our weight and uh, our body composition. It's actually the caloric balance. So instead of going brown rice or white ri- over white rice, you may save 10 calories. Some cases you may even ingest more calories, but if you cut the rice out in general, you'll save 100, 200 calories and that may be uh, a better, better move. Absolutely, man. Um, one of the things I did want to touch on is people might hear this and, and feel overwhelmed because like, oh, tracking or, you know, fitness or nutrition, like I'm a pharmacy student, I'm in pharmacy school, I don't really have time for that. And then I see this this Kevin Hanus bro, he's building all these followings and he's doing awesome posts and making videos. I just don't have time for that. So that's a question that a lot of people have. And I think a lot of people want to engage in this and you know interact because that's how you and I met was through Instagram we're both in the pharmacy and fitness niche um that's what brought us together so you get to meet amazing people that you know start online but then you get to meet them in real life and it's like holy crap like these people rock because they're in similar niches um but the question i want to ask you is a lot of people have that hindrance or fear or limiting belief that this is going to suck their time their grades are going to suffer it's just not possible in pharmacy school, but you've built that throughout pharmacy school. So I guess what we want to know is how do you balance a passion project, building a social media brand, and just all of that value content you're generating while you're in pharmacy school with that you know demanding schedule and course load? <laughs> I like that question. It's pretty loaded, a loaded question. Yeah, it's loaded. <laughs> you know, like, all right, how to tackle this one? Oh, man. All right. So um, with that, uh, I guess the first thing I want to touch on is like there are a lot of crutch. So before we get started with a lot of things, it's really easy to see the end result and see how time consuming things look um, and then easily fall back on some easy um, to hide behind excuses kind of. I hate to say it in that way and be so blunt, but some people, especially I fell into this when I first got into fitness um, or when I was getting into it, I was like, all oh, these people probably work out two, three, four hours a day. I could look like that if I ingested or invested that much time into it, but I personally can't, or I have bad genetics and that's holding me back. Mm. But it's always that like a little bit is more than nothing or doing a little bit is going to get you progressing in the right direction. If you put one foot in front of the other, if you make one good decision every day, um, invest 15 minutes, just do like 10 pull-ups in one day. If you take those baby steps, you're going to make progress towards your end goal like if you're not gonna <laughs> turn into ronnie coleman after your first year of lifting but that may be the long-term goal but like we got to yeah. look at the whole body of um work that these people put into it um it's easy also that people say oh these people aren't steroids when they see a physique after 10 years and that can be very intimidating um if you haven't started your fitness journey but again it's just going to be once you make things habit and just keep putting one foot in front of the other make a five pound pr um in like a bench press and then like 315 may seem so far away but you keep hitting those five pound PRs you're going to get there eventually but yeah, um, I think I think one of the points that you made uh starting out with baby steps and, and being consistent is so important because a lot of times when people try to get started they start comparing and guys comparison is the thief of joy so if you're looking at your day one and you have no experience and you're looking at someone that's been 
doing this daily as like almost a religion for 12 years, it's going to look different. So you can't really expect that on day two when you're on day one. Now, that's a great thing to aspire, be motivated by, but when you start judging yourself and feeling bad, that's, that's when that becomes an issue. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that point is use it as inspiration or motivation, but don't, don't judge your, your day one with someone else's lifetime commitment. Exactly. And onto that, especially is um, like I mentioned genetics earlier. It's like, I wouldn't say like there are less great genetics and there are better genetics. We can't control where we start at, but we can always progress. And that is a huge uh, point that I like to drive with my clients, with my followers is you can always progress, but you can't control where you start. Can't control necessarily the rate you progress. But if you're progressing and you keep progressing, keep staying consistent, you're going to get, you're going to surprise yourself with how far you can take things. Absolutely. That's actually something that I drive home as well. I call it controlling the controllables because just like you said, it's like our resting metabolic rate or our genetics or whatnot. We can't change that. We can't change our DNA, at least not this year, maybe next year, who knows. <laughs> but for now, we can't do anything about that. But there's that functional metabolism, mm -hmm. thermogenic effect of food, exercise. There's input we can you know, alter based on what we do, the actions we take being consistent with it to drive those results. So that's what we focus on. And I, I think that's an amazing point. And I'm really glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then I guess onto the whole like fitting it in during pharmacy school is, as we said, like just try to control one thing at a time. If you can get a handle on your calories and your goals to lose weight, um, start getting your weight moving in the right direction and then start doing a basic fitness program. Um, you're not going to do towards once I was a couple of years into it, my workouts, especially powerlifting is very time consuming. So sometimes it's three, four hour workouts. My one friend actually had four and a half, five hour workouts. Jeez. That can be intimidating to hear. Very intimidating. But honestly, uh, you can get a crazy good workout, especially if you're focusing on just straight up building muscle in 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, even if you're very far into your lifting career. So just getting in there. And if you're getting stronger, progressively overloading, doing more training volume over time, you're going to you're going to see those increases in muscle in strength and that's just going to be it can also be very motivating once you start seeing those quote unquote newbie gains. Yes. So um in addition to that um I want to say the best thing so this is probably the best like drive home take home part of getting as much as you can get during um, rotations if you're also if you're a pharmacy student then it's time management. So for me personally, my first semester at school, I did crew and they forced me to get up at five in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. So um, that was an adjustment and that was very difficult at first, but it became a habit. Once I overcame that, and that's similar to fitting in fitness, it becomes a habit. So for me, waking up early was always something that made me make the most out of my 24 hours in the day because we're all constricted to the same 24 hours. But if you find yourself, you can be, in my opinion, you can be very productive in the 5 a.m. to the 10 a.m., as opposed then if you kept that um, 5 a.m., 10 a.m., five hours, if you use that as your 8 p.m. to, what well, 1 a.m., I think you can get a lot more done in the morning, especially if you're going to get fit in your fitness and go to classes, then I think you, um, you, if you go to bed early, I think you may be able to make the most out of your days. Absolutely. Uh, a good friend of mine and colleague, uh, Richard Waith, uh, of RX Radio actually does something called 10 to 2 
every single night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's when he does his side hustle, passion project, things like that. And exactly what you said, it's during those hours where you know to be watching TV or you know doing something else where you can really be productive and zone in. So it, the time frame might be different depending on each individual, but the concept is the same. Um, and I think that's super valuable. With that being said, shifting from fitness to building your personal brand and social media, people, and this is a, just like fitness, so we'll draw this analogy. So if someone's looking at you and you've been working out for you know 12 years or whatever, and they're looking to get started, like you said, they might get intimidated and think like, oh, it's going to take too long, like screw it, just kind of black and white thinking. Now that can translate into social media too thinking, you know, oh, you know, I do have, you know, some unique skills and knowledge to share. I might want to get started on YouTube or Instagram. And they literally just created an account or they've had one for a while and only have, you know, 100 followers or whatnot. And then they see you with close to 40,000. They're like, oh, it's going to take too long. And they get intimidated. So that's something we want to know is looking at your YouTube, for example, how do you get started with making the videos? But creating videos that, like you said, give value to people such that they want to engage with you more, being you know, likes on videos and, and following you, um, because you said you're approaching 5,000, uh, that obviously didn't happen overnight. So are there any specific tips you can give in, in respect to YouTube uh, for people looking to create content and, and build that following to help their personal brand? Definitely. YouTube, uh, to be honest, even for me, it's been very difficult to grow. Um, the only, uh, what helped me initially was I started YouTube after Instagram where I had a decent following at the time. So of course, I guess you could call it like piggybacking followers. I said, I can go more in depth into my workouts. You can see more of what I do. Um, if you go check out my YouTube channel and that got me my initial, like a little bit of following, but I think I had like maybe 10,000 followers and then only got me like three or 600. What really, really launched my um, following there, uh, multiplied by five actually, was doing the 20,000 calorie challenge. Mm. So I guess um, a really good tip is to, um, if you see these things trending, or maybe there's something that you like to watch, because I cannot tell you how many 10,000 calorie challenges I have watched. But if you see something like that, that's really trendy, that gets a lot of views that you yourself enjoy viewing, if you even put uh, some time into that and give it a try, record it, put it up, that may help you um, expand your following a lot. Um, and that's what really launched me to my first, I believe, 3,000 followers. But also, wow. as you said, like providing value, I think, because you may get these quick people, uh, the quick followers from a big trendy video like that. But then to keep those followers or to provide value or keep them coming back is, again, provide value, um, teach them something, show them how you got to where you are. Um, if you're 10 years deep into training and you're talking to someone who's one year deep in training, then showing them your workouts or how you have overcome certain obstacles, that's going to be very valuable to them. That's going to help them get to where you're at. Um, the thing that I see most that I do not like, um, this I guess is more on Instagram and that I kind of disagree with, um, is when I see people with phenomenal physiques, they put in their probably a lot of years into building their phys physiques, but then their captions are just like muscle emoji or um, generic fitness quotes uh, that kills me but if you again provide value man like if you're gonna make take a mirror selfie tell people like what are you eating like what kind of struggle are you going through like what are you overcoming what is your habits that you develop to get you where you are help teach people help get them to where you are that's uh what i think is very uh, useful in growing 
that's a solid tip. So not just photos, but the story behind it, because we all have a story. It's all unique and it can help someone in some fashion. So I think that's another point to piggyback on what you're saying is don't try to be someone else. Be true to yourself, because if you try to be someone else, you might attract the wrong crowd. And then you're going to have to keep that quote lie going. And you're not going to attract the people that would genuinely resonate with you. But if you're true to yourself and literally share, like you said, what your interests are, what you're good at, um, you're going to want to enjoy it a lot more. But that's going to end up attracting those people that resonate with you as a genuine individual. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind, too. Um, I see people trying to be you know, too broad or they're not trying to like basically embrace their own individuality. And that can create confusion and lead people to think they're one way or another because that's that whole thing is, you know, how are you on social media versus real life? Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, I'm just, you know, I'm a goofus, perucus on social media and in real life. So that, that, that's me. That's actually me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So telling corny jokes and things like that, like that's, that's my daily life. <laughs> um, and, and for you, like fitness, pharmacy, making people laugh, humor, ice cream, eating 20,000 calories in a day. Like that's the real you. <laughs> yeah. Not 20,000 uh, calories every day, but maybe once a, a year or two. <laughs> on, on leg day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Awesome. So that's great for that. So is there any tricks you can give for helping people to grow their social media? So that's a great way to give content. But as far as like any networking strategies, I know the hashtag game and all of the algorithms and Instagram change constantly. Mm -hmm. um, but are there any like general rules of thumb um, that you can recommend that you've seen work for you as far as collaborating or getting more exposure so that you get basically uh, more people that are interested in what you have to offer in that value you're producing? Yeah, so I guess there's a few um, different things. The number one thing that has helped me grow more um, so. I think growth, as you get more followers, you kind of grow a little quicker. So that's why now after, I guess you're doing five years, I'm growing at a, a higher rate. Um, so, but pretty much the number one thing is consistency. If you're putting, no one can find you if there aren't any posts. So yeah. like every time you put up a post, I don't know the exact algorithm. I don't know the exact statistics, but if you put up a post, it's not going to stay under the hashtags for a week. So if you're posting once a week, it's kind of like training and frequency. If you do bicep curls on Monday and then you wait until next Monday, you only got that like one to two days of growth. Um, same with like social media. If you post on Monday and you wait till the next Monday to do your next post, you're wasting another seven days where you could be growing or six days where you could be growing. So what I would say is consistency and just putting out content, content delivery is um, so have like once post once a day, maybe twice a day, but probably progressively do more posts over time. Um, so now I post like twice a day and that's like usually my, usually my goal. Um, and that is really taken off and it does take a lot of work, especially if you are providing value because uh, you're putting together, it's pretty much like a journal. You're putting together like four paragraph essays for every post because you're trying to teach people something, help them with the difficulty you're going through. If you had something you noticed that day, like, uh, someone asked you a question like, Oh, I can't make it to the gym because, and then you may tackle that in your next post and provide value and show your opinion. Got you. So there's no shortcuts per se. You got to put in the work. If so you I would say number one in growth is to put out content. Yes, definitely. I guess there are some kind of shortcuts. If you are starting, and these are things that I've learned later, um, engagement groups. 
those can be very helpful. And I think they're most helpful when you are first getting started um, because you can, so your post will hit like the explore page or when you get a lot of engagement, it'll show it to more people. So if you join those engagement groups, like a fitness niche, uh, niche, if you see you're in a group of like 50 people, um, that's like 50 comments right there, 50 likes right there. And that's going to help you get that initial exposure um, increase within that niche um, very quickly. I did dabble in them more recently, but I think I didn't miss, miss the train there. Uh, but the people in the group, they, were, they didn't have so many posts, but they were getting a lot of followers, a lot of engagement. So I think that's very good at kickstarting. Um, just get with like-minded people and you're pretty much collaborating to help push each other. That's awesome value right there, man. Talk, speaking of providing value, um, a lot of people that, that I've met in pharmacy, whether they're you know, pharmacists or pharmacy students, you know, they've tried it and they didn't really see a return, that instant gratification, I guess you could say, um, which can you know, kill, kill the momentum. But being consistent, people will start to see you know, oh, like I remember seeing this post yesterday. Here's another good one. Let's see what they have tomorrow. Um, just planting that seed, providing the value with time, it will come. But being consistent and just putting in that work, which can't be bypassed, I think those are like huge points. Um, so I think that's super valuable knowledge bombs, really, for people looking to get started or, you know, get back on the social media train and building their brand. Because um, in, in pharmacy, it, it is such an amazing profession. And we have so many different routes to go, which actually leads me to my next topic uh, with you as a recent graduate. So first off, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And second off, um, you're going in a route that most people won't hear announced at graduation. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you graduate you're like, oh, you know, this person's going to Rite Aid, this person's going to hospital. Um, but, you know, Kevin Haynes is starting his own business. So Tell us about that and how you came to that decision, because I'm sure it wasn't an easy one um, with, you know, all, all the, you're starting a business, you're full out entrepreneur. So there's a lot of uncertainty, um, which some people can say is fear, but I think it's exciting. So yeah. tell us, tell us about that, man. Yeah, definitely. It is very, it's very scary uh, day to day because um, especially when I'm trying to support a family, nothing is going to happen unless like I put in the work. And usually it's, um, I kind of, as you said, it's exciting because it all falls on you. You have complete responsibility. And I, I kind of really enjoy that because I've always been someone who, um, is good at pushing myself, um, that self-discipline to put in the hours because uh, as an entrepreneur, you may work in the eight hour days, but often like it may stretch to nine, 10, 12 hours, especially if you consider your social media. Um, to be a part of your marketing, pretty much. So for me personally, I've just been, I've been coaching athletes for a long time. I think it's been like three or four years. I've worked with over, I think, 200, 250 people. Um, and I've really just become, gotten to the point where I'm pretty confident in coaching others and really helping them get to their fitness goals. And especially now, I really, because I had a whole year of experience working in the, um, in the rotations. So I was working a 40-hour work week because rotations, it's full time. And then I was working with my two businesses, Buff Penguin Apparel and uh, Hainesty Coaching. And so I was working those two things. So I was putting in like 60, 70 hour work, work weeks, especially with putting out YouTube content, Instagram content. Um, so now also it really helps me to pretty much focus in on those high level professionals, fellow uh, people that are in the medical field as well, and really help them fit into fit fitness into their lifestyles. Um, because I really, I get a lot of enjoyment by seeing people hit their fitness goals, overcoming obstacles that held them back in the past. 
And when you see someone change their entire body, um, that's been like a real struggle for them in the past um, and do it while not having to like live by the Tupperware, only eat chicken and broccoli, hide from social events. It's really, really uh, motivating for me and inspiring to see someone and especially seeing the growth of confidence in overcoming the obstacle that's plagued them for years, getting their health and fitness under control. So it's just something that's always been very um, rewarding to me, uh, not just like financially, but just um, I feel, um, what is the word? I think fulfilled. But yeah, fulfilled. Um, so I really enjoy coaching and like nutrition and fitness has always been my passion. Um, and so I've just been doing it a long time. I did hire a business coach towards the end of uh, rotations to really focus on how I can make this a full-time job instead of like a side job. Mm -hmm. And that really just ramped up my hours after I graduated. And when it came down to it, even though I may take a pay cut, um, if I do feel more fulfilled coaching athletes, then that's the, the route that I would like to take. Um, but of course, pharmacy is a great profession as well. And I was really considering to balance the two. And the great thing that I really enjoy about pharmacy is you can do it part time as well. If you yes. do have that side hustle, and that's taking off and that's growing slowly. Um, my one friend actually, he wants to start a uh, he's like smoking meats. So he wants to get a food truck eventually, but he's just slowly growing that. Maybe you'll do weekends of it, but you can do part-time pharmacy um, to really support you and your family and then do that side hustle and just fit that into your, your weekly schedule. And that's why I'm thankful for pharmacy um, in that sense. And that was my initial plan, but seeing that things are taking off um, and I'm really enjoying it. That's why I just took that leap and said, let's go balls to the wall. Let's go at this. Let's try to make it um, my full-time uh, job. Absolutely, man. And I'm glad that you said that you got a mentor because even the mentors need mentors. Um, that's the best way to grow because success leaves clues. So if you're trying to accomplish something, why try to reinvent the wheel when someone has already accomplished it? So learn from someone that does it, which is exactly what you and I do as coaches people looking to improve their life, whether it be through you know, trying to compete or just trying to manage their weight or lose weight or, or gain muscle. Um, I have clients in all those areas and it might seem like they're totally different, but the concepts are so similar because it looks at mindset. It looks at, like you said, ownership and strategies to break out that, break out outside of that restrictive thinking where, you know, we, and I, I fell in this when I first started years ago with the whole fitness journey is if I want extreme results, I'll have to do extreme measures, extreme sacrifice, extreme isolation, and it does not have to be that way. Now, if you try clean eating and things like that, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's not recommended. But that's what we look at is, you know, it, it could be paleo, it could be keto. But the question I always ask people when they come to me and say, you know, what, what do you think of this diet? What do you think of that? If you enjoy it, if you can stick to it long term and be consistent, without feeling restricted and you actually see results and literally enjoy it and can do it long-term, then that's the diet for you. You just dropped some major knowledge bombs. You just made it rain knowledge bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Napalm. <laughs> First off with like the mentorship, like especially for like me and you, we've been training for eight, nine, 10 years and we've just, we've made so many mistakes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And like, that's just the trial and error that goes with it. But if you want to go through the first five years of trial and error, you can do that. But if you hire a coach or a mentor, especially it's helped me so much for uh, business with like just skipping three years of business growth 
by learning the plans and concepts that someone already like had been through that trial and error and found out what really does work. Same with like fitness. You can skip all like the guessing, like, do I do this bicep curl, that bicep curl? Um, what do I have to eat? Um, do I need my post-workout shake? And you can skip all these like questions and really learn the fundamentals. It's going to skip you um, from maybe even wasting those four years, but also making the most progress possible there. And the second knowledge bomb that you just dropped was, um, as you said, like, um, to lose weight, we need a caloric deficit. But like people definitely, if you enjoy ketogenic diet, if you enjoy a paleo diet, if you enjoy uh, the, yeah, the no carb, the super high carbs, um, only eating like black beans, and that's all you eat in the day, just have a multivitamin, because you're going to be a little uh, micronutrient deficient in other areas. But um, if you can, like, whatever it takes to get you into a caloric deficit, um, and that's really all that's going to matter. But it's, again, what works for you, what you enjoy. And if you're seeing progress, you're enjoying the, the, the journey, then, hey, you're in the right spot. Absolutely, man. I just, I just extrapolated in fancier words what you already said. <laughs> so I'm not going to take the credit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, but that's, that's the point I drive home is we are coaches, we are mentors, but we ourselves seek them because we want excellence. We want to get to that next level. Um, so the reason I bring that point up is so many of us, whether it's pharmacy student, pharmacist, or just anyone listening to this podcast, if health is a priority, and if it's not, it should be. <laughs> but if if that's something you want to look at, don't spin your wheels, you know, trying to figure it out. You know, I know that might take some pride putting aside, but save yourself the time. Would you rather have results in four weeks that are visible? Or would you rather spin your wheels and feel deprived and things like that? And a year later, you're still at the same spot or a little bit heavier. Because fun fact, 98% of people who try to lose weight are at the same or heavier within two years. That's a fact. That statistic has not changed in, I think, over 15 years. Um, so don't, don't leave it to chance. Like your health's important. You deserve to reach your goals. So if that's something you're serious about, I'd highly recommend you know, getting a coach. And that brings me to my final point. How can people reach you, sir? Uh, well, uh, you can reach me. I have a website. It's uh, www.heynasty or hedgenasty, just my last name and the ty.com. Uh, you can check out, you can apply for coaching there. Uh, my, my social media is again, hedgenasty, heynasty. So find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and also I'm pretty active on YouTube. Awesome. And that's uh, heynasty or hedgenasty, H-E-J-N-A-S-T-Y. So make sure y'all make sure y'all get that. Definitely follow on Instagram. Um, I'm all about humor. That is, in my opinion, the best medicine is laughter. Um, coming from a pharmacist to a fellow pharmacist. Uh, so definitely check him out. Awesome content on YouTube as well. So be sure to check his content, follow him. And if you're looking for coaching guys, give him a look at. He's got the experience. Um, and I, he's, he's an awesome dude. So I'm really honored to have him on the show to share his knowledge bombs with you all. Um, so thank you so much, Kevin, for your time and for sharing what you've learned to be a mentor for us through this podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Like I just got to have a conversation for what, 30 minutes about the things I love. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, I will have the show notes with the links to all of his channels, also his website. Um, like I said, be sure to check him out. He's got some great content and he, we love to engage. Like he said, it's, it's all about content, but it's about engaging with your audience. 
Um, that's something that Kevin and I both do on a consistent basis. So if you guys do have more questions, please check us out on social media. Um, ask questions, engage with us, uh, tell some jokes. We love the jokes. Uh, you know, any other story. So thank you guys so much for listening in. This has been the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast with special guest Kevin Haynes. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day, and we look forward to talking with you later.